Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The HBO Max documentary All That Breathes will compete for Best Documentary Feature next month at the Oscars. I spoke with executive producer Sean Carroll, who runs Tangled Bank Studios in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Sean Carroll, head of Tangled Bank Studios uh, for the film All That Breathes. Yes, and it, we should say the Oscar-nominated documentary "All That Breathes." Uh, you can you can see it on HBO Max now. It just uh, joined that that streaming lineup in the last week or two. Um, but let's start there. Congrats on the Oscar nomination. I know you, you know. I guess you're sort of executive producer here as as part of the production company. Um, but what was it like? Um, you know, the morning of the nominations there. I guess what was that last month or so? And uh, you know, where where did you watch? What was your reaction? All that fun stuff. Well, it's early in the morning, so I was watching from home. We were all, everyone involved in the film was sort of in a different place uh, and, you know, in close contact with one another because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. The film has had sort of a magical ride since it was first recognized at Sundance about a year ago. And, you know, a year ago, I never would have expected this. Uh, We had had enough success that there was a good chance that it might happen, but you don't believe it until you actually hear it and see it. So it was, um, it was, you know, quite an electric thrill. Awesome. And uh, real, also real quick, I mean, I want to go into the premise and all that in a second, but also real quick, um, you mentioned Tangle Bank, Bank Studio. Um, re- re- tell us the sort of the local angle, because that's what, you know, t- our WTOP listeners are going are going to want to love. I mean, because it was a it was a it's an Indian filmmaker. Um, Shana, how do you say it? Shanak Sen? Shanak Sen, yeah. Shanak Sen, yeah. So uh, it's in Hindi language and Indian filmmaker, uh, but there is a DMV connection. So I want to tout that really yeah. quick at the at the top here. So remind us, you know, where your, your studio is located and you know how you're involved with this yeah so tango bank studios is in chevy chase so just a couple miles outside the district um we're nested within the philanthropy um of the howard hughes medical institute so we're part of a nonprofit, and our mission is to bring stories about science and nature to the public and this is one of those stories we just never quite imagined that it would go quite this far <laughs> definitely well and also when we're watching the film we'll see you know other famous production companies listed like rise films and what is it kite rabbit films kite um, rabbit is the how, do, how do those tie in with tangled bank you know like how did you all you know collaborate if you, if you watch the front of a lot of films you'll see multiple companies that reflects that a lot of production is collaborative um it, that's partly sort of the syndicating of finance that sometimes the syndicating of you know putting together collaborative teams so uh rise is our british partner they actually reached out to us um to see if we'd be interested in getting involved in this project kite rabbit is the indian production company that did all the producing on the ground in delhi of the film um and we've been involved in nature and science filmmaking for about 10 years so folks knew to reach out to us because they thought we might be interested in the subject but it's 
uh, collaboration is is really the 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 norm, not the exception in in films. It, it takes a lot of different types of talents and that sort of honing and sharpening and polishing process to to get to a film that um, you know might reach this level. Absolutely, and so so you are just to clarify for our listeners. So you you were involved sort of uh well i guess rise reached out to you but you were involved basically were you involved in in pre-production the the whole range or had they already started filming when they brought you on board or ha, ha, where, where did you fall in the process they had already started filming so it was like it was late maybe fall of 2020 kind of the middle of the worst part of the pandemic yeah and um then you know then we were on board from that point on all the way through uh you know to the festivals and for the past year of the whole rollout but you know, the role of, that we often play is we're consulting, collaborating, a sounding board. You know, we're trying to do everything to help the filmmaker's vision um, come across. But also because we have expertise in science and, and biology, um, we're also, for many of our films, you know, we're, we're expert um, consultants and we also bring experts to the table. So it's a um, and we're also storytellers. I'm I'm an author and I've been involved in making 40 or 50 films. So, um, you know, storytelling and the visual craft are the really important elements for the audience. And so it, it takes a lot of people to um, you know, sort of, as I said, weigh in and and help polish uh, the making of a story like this. Absolutely. Well said. Well, thanks for, you know, uh, you know, just real briefly, you know, summing up sort of the, the local connection to the, the D.C. area here. Uh, all right. Well, without further ado, um, you know, you and I both know what it's about. I just watched it. You made it. <laughs> but our <laughs> listeners don't may not. They they hear all that breeze. Uh, give them the basic, you know, premise. You don't have to, you know, do a you know perfect log line or anything. But, you know, just generally what's, what's the basic movie about? Two brothers in Delhi um, with no formal training. Um, see birds essentially dropping out of the sky of Delhi. And just the way they were raised by their mom, they felt they needed to do something about it. And they got a little bit of assistance from veterinarians, a little bit of guidance, but they also kind of went on their own knowledge. They were bodybuilders at, uh, as teenagers, and they thought they knew enough about sort of tendons and muscles to see what they could do to help heal these birds. Many of the birds' injuries are actually from the cultural uh, practice of flying kites competitively. And these kites, the mm -hmm. strings are treated with like powdered glass so that one kite string can cut another. But when a bird flies into that kite string, it can cut tendon and muscle and, and they can you know, drop out of the sky. So these two brothers um, started taking birds to the basement of their soap dispenser factory in Delhi, um, which is really just a, a small uh, family business, a shop and nursing these birds back to health and, and releasing them back into the wild. And 20 years later, they've treated over 26,000 birds. Um, and they do this, you know, on their own time, on their own dime, with, you know, all the, you know, everyday challenges of living in Delhi and raising a family. It's, and, you know, making ends meet. So it's a very noble story. And we, we, we were very drawn to it because we just thought that, these brothers really, um, really showed us that sort of no matter what your walk in life, you you can do something to improve the world. And um, I th I think that this is a story that touched audiences' hearts be because of that. Oh yeah, very inspirational. And I want to get into the the brothers and their amazing commitment to this in in a second. But real quick, I wanted to follow up on unpack something you you just said about. I mean, 
actual human flying kites and then the tragic irony that these are black kites that's the type of bird that is being yes. uh, falling out of yeah. the sky um wow i didn't even know that well yeah i guess so um provide a little bit of the you know you said you you guys know know the science you know science it up for us a little bit what why um <laughs> what's causing these hundreds of birds to fall from the sky every day. Like I know, and I know these, these oh. guys grew, grew up throwing meat in the sky as part of their Muslim belief to, you know, uh, to ward away troubles and all that kind of stuff. But like what, what scientifically is causing them to fall? Well, there's a couple things going on. The, the sky in Delhi is so opaque due to air pollution that that's certainly affecting vision. Uh, it's also affecting sort of the metabolism of birds. So a lot of Birds have some metabolic diseases just living in that environment, and that can lead to just overall weakness. And you can imagine these are raptors. I mean, the the best analogy you could think of in this area would be like a you know, like a red-tailed hawk. Mm -hmm. So these are you know powerful birds, and they are meat eaters. And if they have if they're compromised in any way, obviously they're going to have trouble surviving. And so it's a combination of both the air of Delhi and the hazard of these kite flying that's 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 really combining to knock these birds out of the sky. Uh, and what's amazing about the treatment is the surgery is so fine. If you've cut a flight tendon, I mean, this is, you know, much thinner than a pencil. To repair that tendon, I mean, veterinarians thought this was impossible. But the way the brothers judge success is that when the birds released, you shouldn't be able to tell which which wing was operated on. Wow. And I looked at film, I looked at footage of a lot of releases, and that and that's definitely the case. So over this, you know, couple decades, they've developed such expertise that I mean, these birds are going back in the wild with you know indistinguishable, you know, from their um, you know uninjured uh, neighbors. And I should also say it's the, so the black kite, which is a raptor, but they also treat owls and storks. You'll see some other species of birds in the film because they'll treat any bird that's brought into their wildlife rescue. And that's oh, yeah, just... they're not going to discriminate if a bird's in trouble, they're going to try to help it. You right. Know? Well, should we give away what the title, where the title comes from? I'm <laughs> fine with that, but that's up to you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really referring that they don't discriminate among all that breathes and the backstory to that people can enjoy in the, from the film. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for hinting at it. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So to answer the original question, then though, it's it's like sort of like an air pollution, and and not to mention the flying the kites and things like that. It's man man made uh, stuff that that's yeah. infringing on the natural world. And I like the the quote in there where they say Delhi is a gaping wound, and, and we're the band aid. So it's like they're they know it's this massive um, ecological problem, and and you know, but they're gonna do their little band aid. They're gonna do whatever they can to help in their own little way, and and the result is pretty miraculous here. But the beautiful thing about inspiration is that, you know, what they're doing is inspiring a lot of people to care, mm -hmm. you know, in in Delhi, around India, around the world. This is this is the power of story. You know, probably the most powerful thing about the human mind is our ability to empathize with others, even though we may have nothing in common. Right. So we can watch a story out of Delhi and be moved by these brothers struggle, be, you know, share in the triumph and excitement, you know, of seeing a an animal nursed back to health and then ask ourselves, you know, what are we doing to contribute? And, you know, that's, this is, this is, you know, the, hopefully the power, especially of documentary storytelling is, is to inspire people to, to make a better world.
Yes, everything that you just said reminded me of that line at the end of the movie where it's sort of it's sort of the why we fight the why we sh- why why should we care to the whole movie and to this issue of the birds and and what it, I wrote it down where is it oh you don't care about things because they share the same country religion or politics life itself is kinship we're all a community of air that's why we can't abandon the birds and it ties into all that breathes you know we're all a community yeah. of air we all breathe the same yeah. air. Um, I asked one of the brothers Nadim. I said, you know, because this is this is exhausting work. And and his brother Saud, who does all the um surgeries, I mean, my gosh, you know, multiple surgeries in an evening. You know, you can see from the film, he's just absolutely exhausted. And I said, you know, you must have been tempted to 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 you know give this up. And he just said he would just the next time he saw a bird on the ground, he would never forgive himself. Never forgive himself. So he just feels, you know, just duty bound to to help these creatures. Oh, their commitment to it is is fascinating. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, let's let's go into that a little bit. Speak to the brothers a little bit, Saud and Nadim. Um, you, you've spoken to, you've already spoken to their, you know, their expertise and their you know i guess their bodybuilder backstory of knowing bodies and ligaments and <laughs> tendons and stuff like uh the, the surgical expertise of them but also speak to them just as two brothers characters you know like they're they're interesting fellas they're sitting there chit-chatting like you know they're they're we see them just you know doing surgery while talking about i don't know mankind versus the undertaker <laughs> they're, they're just like regular people talking about wrestling or whatever but like talk about what made them just cool characters that jump off screen as well well yeah i mean you know they're raising families they're they're obviously experiencing um you know all the struggles of of daily life all the joys of you know whether it's sports or but they have a deep deep bond nonetheless and you see in the film you know it's this is not easy work and keeping the enterprise going is is challenging you know uh, equipment that breaks down the shortage of funds um just the difficulty of being overwhelmed by so many birds coming in to the rescue and you know that that can create some tension but nonetheless i mean the brothers have just the 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 deepest bond because this work together you know, they're just so entwined and and in and you know in, in tune with each other. So um, it, it's it you know from the film you're getting both that I think you can see that I think the accomplishment of the film is to give us essentially a fly on the wall view that the brothers are become you know they're not aware of the camera you know that the, the filming took three years so they got really used to the to the crew and camera being around and so you have this privilege of observing their daily life in their actual, you know, environment. And that includes, you know, some, some touchy moments. Um, So, uh, but their, but their dedication and I think their devotion to each other is, 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 you know, palpable and quite real. Absolutely. And I want to go, you just mentioned the fly on the wall approach. I want to go a little more into that, like the filmmaking style, because, you know, when you and I've seen a million documentaries and there's, there's like, different ways to go about it you know there 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 could be like you know the more like 
I don't know, like Ken Burns does such great stuff, but that's more of like a narration and archival. You're cutting around and kind of leading the audience through based on the narration. Or there's something that's more like this, which is fly on the wall, like experiential, I guess. So the, the viewer is sort of experiencing it. I don't want to call it in real time. Obviously, editing is compressing time, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like talk about sort of how um, the filmmaker, Indian filmmaker Chinook Sen, you know, his, his approach to kind of making it um, you're going to slowly pan across and see these brothers working right. and the compositions are amazing. If you look at, you know, the, their, their little operating room and stuff, there's like reflections of puddles on the ground as like animals walk across. Like it, it is like, it feels like you're watching a movie movie and that's, I say that as a compliment, but yeah, talk about sort of how, um, that approach to the fly on the wall approach, why that you thought that worked for this. I, I think he discovered Sean, I told us early on he discovered you know he he started with like a handheld verite approach and it's just it's just too close to the characters that they're too aware of the camera they needed to sort of pull back so that the you know the crew and the camera just dissolved into the background and and you know normal activity went on but you talk about some of those long pan shots this is certainly there were great cinematographers involved in this film um who developed an approach you just realized that if you could you know, rather than like having hard cuts from from place to place inside, you know, the the hot rescue hospital and the soap dispenser um, assembly area, you know, one long pan gave you really a sense of the whole interior. And so I think the audience gets a gets a much better sense of the space and the um, and, and, and how, you know, the everyday lives of these characters the way this is shot. So I, and I think people have really responded to the cinematography as, you know, one of the strengths of the film. It was a very much a conscious choice after experimenting with some alternatives. And, um, and then that cinematography extends to outside the shop, outside the hospital to everyday scenes around Delhi, where you sort of luxuriate in, you know, seeing Delhi, um, uh, everyday deli, but maybe a little bit through the eye of, of its creatures. Um, and I, I think it's that combination of sort of the slice of life around deli and the intimacy, but the very sort of patient intimacy of the scenes with the brothers that um, has combined to, to make an extraordinary film. Yes. Patient intimacy. That's the perfect quote. That's the perfect description of when, because I like to prepare listeners when they sit down, you know, they sit down to watch a documentary, what kind of movie they're going to get, what pacing you're going to get, what tone you're going to get. And uh, patient intimacy is actually a good way to, to do it. And and I know we've that, been saying slow pans, I guess, is it pans always? I guess a lot of them are actually more like, like dolly shots, you know, side to side moving rather than a camera. Yeah, pan. that's true. There, there are going to be dolly but, shots to cover some of that yeah. distance. But I would say, you know, to, to, to listeners who, who are who are intrigued to watch the film get into a dark room you know turn off the phone just <laughs> you know just sit down don't just take away the distractions don't have other stuff going on because you you're the best reward is to get immersed into this world and that's only really going to happen through you know, a little you know patient immersion uh in in the film it, you know it happens in a theater more easily in a giant screen but if you're watching this you know on a smaller screen at home on you know, HBO Max, whatever that um, that requires. I think I think that you'll be rewarded for filtering out all the other sort of noise that might be going on around you and, and letting yourself um, slide into this world. 
Yes, put the phone in the other room. It's got to charge anyway, right? Let this be, you know, hour and a half of yeah. charge time. Put it in the turn, other room. Turn the um, lights out. Turn the lights <laughs> out. It, it meant, it's meant to be seen in a darkened room with kind of your full attention. And I think that's that's where the reward will come. And that is what where the awards came as well from. Like, I'm sure that seeing it on a big screen, you know, that's probably why it won Grand Jury Prize for documentary at Sundance. That's why it won the Golden Eye for documentary at, at Cannes Film Fest. Um, real quick, speak speak to that journey. I mean, I know you mentioned it a little at the top, but just real quick, did did, did uh, you did you fly out to both of those festivals? What was it like to well, be so Sundance, warmly received? Sundance was virtual because Omicron hit at the oh, at right, right as Sundance was going to get started. So um, that was going on, you know, virtually when you know we we got notified that we we're going to get the grand jury prize for for world cinema, and you know you you could have knocked me over with a feather then. Um, unintended. You know, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. And then, <laughs> you know, can come on. Um, and, and then it's just the way the film has been embraced by film lovers, by audiences. Um, I, I never, you know, I, I, I'm not just trying to be, I'm being as really honest, which I never would have predicted this. I just thought it was, you know, a small story and, you know, the setting was not, you know, naturally beautiful it was made beautiful by the cinematography but i just didn't i just didn't anticipate that people would embrace the film the way they have and i now i i get it more when i especially when i you know read either viewers comments or 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 reviewers comments that i understand that this is sort of working for people at multiple levels and that's why i keep encouraging people when you watch the film just just give yourself the chance to immerse and i think it has rewards at 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 different levels and you can't you know you two years ago you couldn't have drawn this up on paper and said well we're going to make a film that's going to work in this particular way i think that's sort of the you know alchemy of art you you, you don't know how the elements are coming together talented hard-working people you know <laughs> try and try and i think you know just sometimes these these elements just work in a in a you know where the whole is much bigger than the sum of the parts and i that happened here the alchemy of the art, man. You have you're having some. You're coining some good phrases here, my friend. <laughs> oh man, I'm pulling them out. I don't usually have to talk like this, you know. I'm a, I'm a scientist. I, I I usually stay on the uh, on the less poetic side of the street. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Art and science go hand in hand more than people think. Well, uh, that's actually for- true, Jason. I, I would tell you, you know, and success in both, as I said, is rare. When I say success, it's it's not like just like you got a job, etc. I mean the the high achievement in science and high achievement in art, no matter how talented or how work hardworking people are, you just, you just only kind of, you know, hit that high watermark so rarely. And this is just one of those times that, you know, I think none of us really quite expected it, but it happened. So we're just relishing it. Well, keep on relishing it. Uh, we'll relish with you, you know, on Oscar night. You know, the whole DC area will be rooting for you. And and we got, I mean, there's some there's some tough competition. I mean, Laura Poitras is on oh. Blue, Beauty and the Bloodshed and Fire of Love. There's so many, so many good ones. But um, uh, oh, and Navalny. I mean, you know, I, there's there's you know, it, there, there's great films out there. It's it's hard to pick one. So we're just look. We feel we've already won. I'm not. I don't. I don't mean that as some cliche. You know, this has so exceeded our wildest imagination that um, we're just trying to enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, no, you mentioned Navalny. You know, that we, we got the Russian ties with that and the house made of splinters is Ukrainian ties. So who knows if current events is going to drive this, <laughs> the outcome? Yeah, you know, and look, this is the thing about 
you go into the movies, right? Different people have different tastes, different kinds yeah. of stories resonate in different ways. We're just grateful that this has touched so many people and, and whatever happens at, at Oscar night, uh, let's just hope it's, it's a, it's a fun party. <laughs> well, we're rooting for you. And like you said, you've already won regardless. All the nominees have already won. Um, and, uh, but, but let's end there then the fun party. Where, where, where are you going to be? Are you actually flying out to the Oscars? Are you going to be there? Are you watching? Yeah. You watching? Yeah. 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 No. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll be there. And, um, you know, I'm still learning the after party scene. So I know there's some after parties going on. And I got a little glimpse of this on the weekend. I was at the BAFTAs, the British Academy um, Awards. And, uh, you know, for, for, a you know, for a scientist, I sort of feel like I'm visiting another planet, but um, you know, for, for filmmakers, of course, this is, this is Mecca. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it uh, just as, uh, just as much as, uh, as everybody else who's there. Yes. And just to clarify, as executive producer, are you going to actually be in the auditorium? Like how many ticket seats do they give you guys? Now the so the three official nominees are um the two producer Aman Mon and Teddy Leifer and the director uh yeah. Sean Oxen. And then executives myself and my co-executive producer David Alisco will be up uh off the floor most likely um in higher perched seats. Um, and in terms of going to the stage, I'm not quite sure how that's going to be choreographed. If we win, um, I don't know if we'll be running down there and joining them or not. Uh, we'll, we'll get the rules when we, when we get there. It's just something they do in documentary. Uh, whereas with scripted films, you know, the executive producers and all that are involved, um, in documentary we're we're, uh, we're kept in the seats. <laughs> it's okay. And, and, and will it be during the telecast this year? Have they announced which oh, yeah. ones are, you remember oh, yeah. last year, there was that whole snafu of pre-televised categories and all that, but no, it will no, be that, during the actual show this time. Oh, but it'll be during the actual show. Yeah. Documentary will be during the actual show. So um, we'll just be crossing our fingers through that moment and, and, and enjoying all of the um, spectacle and pageantry spectacle and pat yeah don't don't please don't don't slap anyone if you <laughs> if you go no. on stage that no, was no. last year we'll no, keep it no. cool this year we were, um we, I, documentary i don't think is going to do anything controversial i think i could feel, feel yeah. Comfortable that. Yeah. i'm kidding of course but yeah well it's really cool you know whether you have to parachute down from the balcony or whatever that'd be so cool to see you on stage or however it is um either way like you said you're already a winner for being there so that's so so cool um Thanks for your time. You've been generous. Anything else you want to add before we hop off here? Uh, enjoy the movie, everybody. All right. Thanks. Sean Carroll, executive producer of All That Breeze, uh, now on HBO Max, Oscar nominated at the Oscars this year. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Jason. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.